0: It's Real Talk with Raylene Challenor, foster care and adoption. Hi, and welcome back to another Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Challoner and this is Real Talk with real people about foster care and adoption. Today, Real Talk listeners, I have Amy Putnam. Now, Amy and I have never actually met, but we have a couple of things in common. Uh, she married an old friend of mine, David Putnam. We went to high school together up in Washington. We also have um, adoptive mom syndrome. (laughs) We have that in common. Amy and David have adopted several, and we're going to let her tell that story. And she also is a sister in Christ, and that's always exciting, too, to know that uh, we're doing life together here apart, but we're going to spend eternity together. So with no further ado, Amy, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this one. I've had you on my list for a while, and so I'm glad that it's finally worked out that we get to meet voice-to-voice, at least. Yes. So, all right. Tell me—I always like to get a little background before we get into the craziness of how God led you guys— to adopt a plethora, a cornucopia of children. Um, I, I would like to know how you fell for that old friend of mine, that handsome man, that do-gooder. How did you two meet?
1: We met on a Sunday afternoon at the Everett Public Library. Ah. Um, we were at the copy machine. Uh, my, I was waiting for my friend. A uh, guy pushed in front of her, jammed ah. the copy machine. I turned around to the guy behind me and said, my friend busted it and that was that was our first meeting Um, he was not the one who broke the copy machine he was the guy I turned to Ah. Uh, he will swear to his dying day that I was flirting with him Um, (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) but um, we we got to chit-chatting and realized that we had the same class at the local college uh, just an hour apart from one another. No way. Uh, started seeing each other around the school here and there. Uh, eventually, he couldn't resist my charm anymore, so Absolutely. he transferred into my class. <gasps> He's sitting here, rolling his eyes. <laughs> um, but then we paired up on a group writing project. He was not in class that day, but my friend and I decided, "Hey, we're going to get the cute guy who's also smart to be on our team."
0: Yeah, uh, smart and over girls. And were course
1: of writing. Yeah, Yeah, Absolutely, yes. (laughs) So um, in the course of writing that paper, we just became very good friends, Mm. Uh, realized we had a lot in common, a lot of um, common goals, and uh, it just kind of blew up from there. Uh, We got married uh, almost 25 years ago, August 24th, 1996, we got married.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, 25. Um, That's great.
1: It's amazing that he has stuck around this long. I, I can be difficult. So <laughs> all these babies I bring home. Yes. <laughs> but we, um, you know, life was good, you know, starting out and about, a, you know, nine months into the marriage, I started bugging him incessantly. I wanted a baby and yeah. I had always wanted to be a mom. There was no question of that. And I finally wore him down.
0: Good girl. Our first
1: son was born um, March 13th, 1998. Wow. Uh, after a very complicated pregnancy, I had eclampsia. I actually lost my vision during my labor. Um, wow. Alex had to be on a ventilator. He was transferred to another hospital. I, I never got to hold him at first. Oh, I mean, that's traumatic. He several de- it, it was. And yeah. it was not at all what we thought, but no. he he recovered. He Uh, was healthy. After spending several days in the NICU, we took him home and I did nothing but stare at him and nurse Mm. him for, you know, a year. Yeah. Um, And then uh, three years later, we had our second son. Um, His birth was even more traumatic. He, Mm. his lungs never inflated when he was born. And so, um, you know, there's nothing like being wheeled down the hallway from the operating room while they're calling a code blue on your infant. Oh my gosh. um, I can't imagine. It it was awful. Uh, He was actually on an oscillator, then a ventilator. We ended up taking him home while he was still on oxygen. Um, But I just remember the doctor sitting in the NICU with me, and she said, you know, you just make the most beautiful baby. Mm. You're terrible at this. You need to stop. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For whatever reason, my body couldn't handle being pregnant, and our boys' lungs just didn't develop. Yeah. And of course I nodded and Mm. I was like, but I don't have a girl yet. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and just always the, you know, the depth of my heart was that I really wanted a girl. I really wanted a daughter. Um, my mom and I had occasionally had a tumultuous relationship growing up and I just, I, I wanted that redemption, um, Mm -hmm. with my own daughter Mm. to be, I, you know, um, my husband was wiser than I was and mm-hmm. and so we could not have more children and you know, several years went by and we moved down to Olympia for my husband's work and I was meeting all these new friends and they were all pregnant or had new babies. Mm, that's hard. and I sunk. Yeah. I just sunk into this depression that mm-hmm. I have Never, I had never known before, and I certainly hoped that I never would go there again Mm. to the point that I couldn't get off the couch. Yeah, Um, I was faced with having a hysterectomy at 33, (sighs) and I really believed it was God's way of saying, You're a terrible mother and you shouldn't have more children. Mm. Um, and it crushed me. Um, and then a friend of mine just said, You know what, I'm gonna pray you through this, Mm -hmm. and she started praying, and I got off the couch. And I started just asking Lord, the Lord for the desire of my heart, which was a little girl. Yeah. And in that process, we had become foster parents. And, you know, when our license came through, they said, keep your phone with you. You're going to get a call probably the same day. There's so many kids that need home. Seven weeks went by, wow. and that phone did not ring. Amy, let Where me back up really in. quick.
0: Um, how how did you get to the decision of fostering? You have two little boys, and um, and you had said, you know, depression. It was hard to get up. So how did you guys come to the decision that you were going to foster? Did you have other friends that were fostering? Was it prevalent in your church? How did you guys make that decision?
1: Well, so my grandparents had been foster parents. It was actually a wow. room named in my grandfather's honor at the Everett um, DSHS office. Mm. Um, and then David's mom worked for the, the um, DSHS. She was a supervisor, did intake. So she would be the one When a social worker would get a phone call that said, hey, this we think this child might be in danger, she would review it and she would, you know, either say, yes, we need to be involved or no. And so um, foster care was not something that was unfamiliar to either one of us. Gotcha. Um, and and honestly, it was it was selfish because I desperately just wanted a baby to hold. I wanted yeah. baby snuggles, something to dress up and and yeah. and snuggle. And David didn't want to pay for more college. Right. And we had briefly <laughs> looked into um, domestic adoption, but the price tag was astronomical. And yeah. even in my desire for a baby, I could not justify that for our family because we did have two little boys. Sure. Um and I was a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, and and our family was at first very nervous, like, mm, you're not gonna be able to give these babies back. Yeah. Um, but eventually they were like, No, this this is a God thing, this is for you. Mm. So, uh yeah, so seven weeks went by and we didn't get a phone call. Mm-hmm. And I remember when uh, Morning, just praying and saying, Lord, I need a sign that you are still here, Mm -hmm. that you hear me, that you see me, Mm -hmm. and that you think I'm a good mom. Mm -hmm. And that afternoon, I happened to stop in this quaint little scrapbook shop way off the beaten path, and I ran into the pastors that had been (laughs) at the church when we first got married, that was two hours away Mm -hmm. from where I was. Wow. And I was like, okay, thank you, Lord. I mean, to me, it was. It was clear, clear as the bell. Yep. So that night I was praying and I, I just, I was thanking the Lord and I just, you know, just in tears, it was like, Lord, I know I am a broken record, but mm. please, wouldn't you just give me a little girl to love? Mm-hmm. And the next morning, June 1st, 2006 at 1023 AM, mm. I got a phone call from the placement coordinator and she said, I have an 18 month old little girl. She needs a home for probably six to eight weeks. Would you take her? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that is where all of our plans went wonderfully wrong. Yes. Um, I love it. (laughs) She um, was never supposed to be adopted. She was supposed to go back to her parents. um, Two years and a very, very difficult battle later. Mm. Um, the final parent um, involved uh, relinquished their rights to her and paved the way for us to adopt her Mm. Um, through. And she's now 16 and a half. Um, She is a delight. She's Mm. an honor student. She is funny. She is a music whiz. She just, Mm. I mean, she knows music trivia like nobody else I've ever met.
0: And how about your Um, relationship, Amy? Did you get the relationship that you wanted
1: eventually yeah. but not at
0: first
1: yeah man it was hard yeah it was hard um you you think that you're going to take this child home and everything is going to be a bed of roses but that is that's not the reality no. of foster care right. or trauma adoption.
0: right not when trauma is involved
1: no and and of course back in 2006 really you weren't hearing the word trauma no
0: that's very true um, a that's, lot yeah that's and very so, true
1: you know, I just was under the impression that if I raised her and did exactly with her what I did with my boys, that everything would be fine. Nice. And boy, did I learn a lot. Yes. Through <laughs> all of those mistakes. Uh, yes. But, um, we had, um, I mean, we just had baby after baby, even while we had her, um, I was a stay-at-home mom, and in the county that we were in, they just really didn't have any other foster homes where a parent didn't work. Wow. And, you know, these newborns coming out of the hospital can't go into daycare, right. and, and they shouldn't. Right, um, right. And so through trial and error, I also became an expert on how to take a baby through drug withdrawal. Oh, wow. um, and so just, I mean, every time a baby would leave to go with relatives or to be adopted or to go into long-term care, you know, we'd get a phone call within the next couple of days and say, hey, can you go pick up another one? Uh-huh. Uh, it got to the point that I would knock on the special care nursery door and they would be like, oh, thank goodness we don't have to do this and, and, <laughs> So, You know, they all, knew, they all knew us by first name. And, yes. And, uh, wow. What a gift so to 37 them. Amy, <gasps> yeah. 37. 37. Wow. Yeah. But you guys have adopted...
0: Six, you <laughs> Only... <six. laughs> Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. For Real Talk listeners, um, I encourage you to look at my social media because there's beautiful pictures of the Putnam tribe um, and you can see all the beautiful faces that now have a forever home. That gets me so excited. So, Amy, you you did. You adopted six in total. We did. Um, but you said 30. How many? Thirty. Thirty seven. Thirty-seven, 37. wow. The number of kids that came through. And are you
1: guys still licensed or have you ceased? We are not and we, just, <laughs> we just recently um, moved from Washington to northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, just David retired uh, after twenty six years with the Washington State Patrol. And wow. it had been his dream to move here to the south. Yeah. Uh, so I just was like, you know what? It's your turn. Yeah. So we're chasing his dream. We bought some acreage and uh, mm. we're building our house. And um, fun. it's funny that you ask, though, because I had to have, I mean, we were both done. We, we were really done. Sure. But I just have had some some things that have happened that kind of felt like a confirmation that we weren't supposed to be done.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And so I confessed this to my dear supportive husband um, a few weeks ago and his response was, I guess you better check it out. So um, we are, we are prayerfully considering being licensed here and continuing the journey of taking care of babies who need a temporary home.
0: Mm. Amy, we're coming to our, our last Um, minute here. And so um, we're going to do a part two. So stick around for that because we're going to dive more into um, all the nitty gritty of adoption and what it looked like in your home and and your journey. Uh, But do you have anything, any uh, word of encouragement for someone who might be on the fence thinking about fostering?
1: I would say this. um, Foster care kind of gets a bad rap. A lot of people will say to me, oh, I could never do that. I'd get too attached. I I could never do that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Those babies and those kids need you to get too attached. That's right. They need you to love them as if they came from your body. Yeah. But then they also need you to love them enough to trust that God has an eternal plan for them that Mm -hmm. might not be a part of your story.
0: That's so good. Um,
1: When those kids were in my home, they were prayed for, they were loved, they were you know, treated as grandchildren, you know, extended family. They they were no different. Yeah. And that was my job. Mm. And that was an honor to do. I feel like I did that well.
0: Wow. That's awesome advice. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna wrap up the show. Amy, thank you so much for being with us this morning and sharing your uh, beginning of your journey. Appreciate that. And we'll keep you around. We're going to do a part two. But Real Talk listeners, that's been another episode. Thank you so much for joining Amy and myself. And it's bye for now.
1: Listen to the name. Journey Real Estate Investments and Management. Founded in 2008, they bring a new and vibrant experience to property owners. Like marketing, rigorous screening, drawing up leases, lease enforcement, rent collections, and more. All done with dignity and respect. And that's just the start. If you need property management, look to Journey Real Estate Investments and Management. 928-776-8464. That's 928-776-8464. Or Journey AZ realestate.com.